Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. Everything. If you haven't learned that by now, we we need to talk. Because after seven weeks, you've heard me say it every week, everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. This is the way God has set up the world to operate. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by the laws of seed time and harvest. That's how God does what he does in the earth. All right? So when you understand that principle, then you can begin to see that everything in your life can be seen as a seed. Your actions are seeds. What you do with your life is a seed that is producing a harvest in your life. Your words are seeds. What kind of words are you sowing? Are you sowing kind words, gracious words, loving words, faith-filled words, or are you using harsh words, angry words, cutting words? hateful words. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he reap. What you sow, you're going to reap on. Don't tell me you can say those words and not reap a negative harvest out of it. Come on, somebody. I'm going to be wired and fired today, so you better get ready. All right? The simple truth is you're sowing seed every day by the word you're speaking. Your attitude is a seed Have you ever wondered why people respond to you the way they do? Maybe it's because of the attitude you're putting off. Hello? Your attitude is a seed that you're sowing that is producing the kind of harvest you're receiving from other people. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, we learned that finances are a seed. When you see finances as a seed, you understand the principle you need to sow in order to reap a harvest, right? And I'm not talking about tithes and offerings. I'm talking about a savings account. What's a, what, what's a savings account, pastor? You remember Jesus said this in the Bible. He said, you should have at least taken what I gave you and put it in the bank so you could receive it back with interest. But you see, we spend more than we make. We consume everything that we make on ourselves and wonder why we don't have a harvest financially. Because if you don't sow anything, you can't reap a harvest. Last week we learned about prayer seeds. This will revolutionize the way you pray when you begin to see your prayers as a seed. And we answered the question, why is it that Christians must pray? The simple truth is, unless you pray, God can't operate in the earth. Prayer is the legal means whereby God operates in the earth. If you don't pray, God can't do anything. He told us, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Unless you pray, God can't do anything in the earth. All right? Now, I have saved the best for last. 
Today's message, if you didn't get one of the messages before, you're going to be glad you were here today because I'm really going to help you. I want to talk to you today about mind seeds. Mind seeds. The thoughts that we think are so very, very important. And I want to answer the question, why as Christians, our thought life can make all the difference in the world? All right? This morning when I wake up, and aren't you glad I woke up? But when I woke up this morning, and I began to go through my, my Sunday morning routine, I, I, was, I, I had this thought come into my, my spirit, a scripture that God reminded me of in the book of Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, where a teacher of the law asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. See, we, we often think of, of loving God with all of our heart, our emotions, right? Uh, we're, we're emotion. We love those moments when we sense and feel God's presence. We love it with all of our soul. Our soul is uniquely connected to our spirit, and so that eternal aspect of us. But when it comes to loving God with our mind, a lot of Christians, when they came to Christ, they kissed their brains goodbye. But you know, Christianity is not an illogical faith. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, we're just, we're just stepping out on nothing to believe in Jesus. No, Christianity is a very logical faith. It's built on something. It's built on some stuff. It's built on some things that happened. But unless you engage your mind and you, you begin to think a little bit for yourself, you could miss an incredible amount of what God wants to do in your life because you're not loving him with your mind. This is why Bible reading, Bible study is so important. You need to engage your mind. You need to think about these things. And so today I want to talk to you about mind seeds. Our thought life is often the most critical battleground between victory and defeat. A pastor friend of mine recently made this statement. He said, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mindset. And that's true. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mindset. Anybody know a negative Christian? Come on. If we were all honest, we all know one or two, maybe a few more than that. But they want to live a positive life, but they have such a stinking thinking mentality. Negative mindset. We might add to that, you cannot live a life of victory with a defeated mindset. And I know so many Christians who go around living their life totally defeated all of the time. And you cannot live a victorious life if you're living your life with a defeated mindset, where you feel like everybody's against you, the whole world's uh, against you. You never seem to win at anything. You see, your mind is a garden from which the harvest of your life is often flowing from. The thoughts that you allow to be planted are determining the factor in your harvest. We've all heard this phrase, garbage in, garbage out. You know it. So if you're going to have victory in your life, you have to attack it at the root. What are the thoughts, or better yet, what are the patterns of thought that you are allowing to be planted in your mind, and how do you change them, all right? So what are the thoughts or the patterns of thought that you have allowed to stay in your mind, and how do you 
change them because you're going to have to change them in order to have the life God wants you to have. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to give you two thoughts to consider when it comes to mind seeds. And then I'm going to tell you what to do, how, how we begin the process of changing our mind. All right, are you ready? You taking some notes? All right, two thoughts to consider. Number one, thoughts are a choice. Your thoughts are your choice. No one is dictating your life. No one is dictating the way you choose to think. I'm not following you around 27, 24-7. Your, your husband or your wife is not following you around 24-7 going, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Hey, what are you thinking about? Don't think about that. Don't think about that. No, you are in complete control of the thoughts that you are thinking. And why is this so important? Until you recognize that your thoughts are a choice, you will have a hard time changing them. Until you realize my thoughts are my choice. I have a choice to choose how I want to think. If you don't, if you don't understand that principle, you'll have a hard time changing the way you think. You see, we often allow our thoughts to run unhindered. We just let them go. As though there's nothing that we can possibly do about them. And that, my friends, is a lie. You can do something about the thoughts that you think. You must do something about the thoughts that you think. And the adversary has convinced you that you, you don't have any control over this. But you do. Because thoughts are a choice. In order to change our thinking, it will require a deliberate intention to change our thinking. Let me say that again for those of you who are taking notes because I know you all are. In order to change our thinking, it will require a deliberate intention to change our thinking. In other words, you have to think about what you're thinking about. If you don't think about what you're thinking about, then you just think about whatever you think about. It's important for you to understand you've got to take control of your thoughts because thoughts are a choice. Secondly, our thoughts begin with our surroundings. Our thoughts begin with our surroundings. So what kind of influence are you under? What do you have around you? What is the world that you have created around you that you live within? Because your surroundings are creating the, the conditions for the thoughts that you think, right? So what are you constantly putting before your eyes? Whatever you're putting before your eyes is, is creating a, a, an environment, a surrounding for what you're daring to think about. Read a statistic here recently that the average American spends five hours a day in front of the television set. You're creating a surrounding that is giving input into your life and telling you what to think. Right? So, so what are your surroundings? What do you continually allow your mind to dwell on? In other words, what are you thinking about? What and who do you listen to? Who are the key relationships in your sphere of influence? Because nothing, nothing challenges the way we think more than the people we hang around with the most. 
They're having the greatest influence on how we think. So who are you around? Are you around negative-minded people? Because if you're constantly around negative-minded people, chances are you're going to become negative-minded. Are you around positive, faith-filled, God-can-do-anything kind of people? That's the kind of people you want to be around. Because they'll challenge your thinking when you're negative and when you're, when you're doubtful, right? And so who, who are those people that you're listening to? How much influence does the Word of God have on your thinking? I mean, if it's created by your surroundings, how much of God's Word, God's presence, am I surrounding my life with? Do I listen to K-Love or do I listen to the river? Or whatever other radio stations are out there. What, what's, your, what's your influence? I'm just saying. It's influencing the way and the things that you think about. Um, I, I, can't, I can't prove this because it's not actually in the narrative of the scriptures themselves. But I just have this idea. Uh, you know, God created the heavens and the earth and he created a garden. And in the garden, he put Adam and Eve in the garden and he gave them all of these trees from which they could freely eat. But he said, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. And I, I, just, I was just thinking about this. Um, how much time did Eve take walking around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I mean, I just have this picture. You have this entire garden of trees they could freely eat of, right? And yet there was just one. And yet we find Adam and Eve hanging out by the one. How much time did she spend just walking by the tree and thinking to herself, man, look at the fruit on that tree. That's really a beautiful tree, and it's got really good-looking fruit. I wonder what that fruit tastes like. I'll bet it's really tasty. And you know, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so if I eat of it, I'm going to know some stuff that I don't know now, right? So I wonder how long she, I wonder if perhaps the serpent who came to deceive her noticed how much time Eve was spending looking and observing the tree. So she became easy prey for him to come and say, hey, have you considered the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It's good for food. It's pleasant to the eye. It's profitable to make you wise. Maybe you should try some of that. And I think that maybe, I, I really highly doubt that it was just a one-time encounter where Eve just happened to be walking by the tree at that time when the serpent, I think maybe she had been spending some time there. And she had allowed that to become a surrounding that began to influence the way she was thinking. And so she became easy prey for the adversary. See, your thoughts begin with your surroundings. So thoughts are your choice. They begin with your surroundings. So let's talk about what we do. Two things the Apostle Paul encouraged us to do. You ready? Here's number one. Take your thoughts captive. Take your thoughts captive. All right, now watch this. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verses 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a pattern of thinking that causes us to react to certain uh, stimuli in a certain way. 
all right? So you don't even have to think about it anymore. How many of you have ever dro- drove home and you were on a 25-mile-an-hour speed limit and you just went 25 miles an hour? You didn't have to keep looking at your speedometer. Why? Because your stronghold tells you that on that road it's 25 miles an hour, so your foot just knows to automatically keep your gas pedal at 25 miles an hour. It's a stronghold. And we demolish arguments like, oh, I don't need to go to the men's conference. I've got a reason why I don't need to go to the men's conference. That's an argument. We come up with all kinds of excuses why. But you see, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, can I just ask you? How much time do you spend daily taking captive your thoughts, making sure they're obedient to Christ? Do you even think about it? Do you even consider, oh, that thought's not a godly thought. I better take that one captive. Do you even, do you even consider taking the time every day to think, is that, is that a God thought or is that just a me thought? Is that a worldly thought or is that a kingdom of God thought? Because if it's not a kingdom of God thought, I need to take it captive so that I can make it obedient to Christ. Again, you must think about what you're thinking about. You've got to think about what you're thinking about so that you can take captive thoughts that don't line up with the word of God. Now, someone once said, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. Right? Bird can fly over, but you don't have to prop your head up and say, hey, come on, just build the nest. Yet that's what we do. The thought comes, we say, come on in. And we welcome it and we, we, we dwell on it. We, before long, we're just consumed with that particular thought. We don't take thoughts captive. So we've got to come to the place where we begin to think about what we're thinking about so that we can take that thoughts that aren't Christ-like captive to make them obedient to Christ. You see, you don't think like that. Right? Now, so the first thing is take thoughts captive. Number two, Paul said, set your mind. Set your mind. Colossians chapter number three, verse two. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind. So in other words, you have control where you're going to set your mind. Are you going to set it on heavenly things, things above, or are you going to set it on earthly things? How many of you even thought about that in your lifetime, that you could either think about God thoughts or you could think earthly thoughts? Now, see, we live in an earth suit. We live in an earth realm, so it's easy for us to think in terms of earthly things. But here Paul's saying, don't think about just earthly things. Think about heavenly things. Things above, spiritual things, heavenly things, kingdom of God things. Set your minds there. Don't be just consumed with this world. Don't be consumed with the way this world thinks, this world operates. No, come on, set your minds above. All right? Romans chapter 8, look what it says. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So what have you set your mind on? What have you set your mind on? 
See, he who lives according to the sinful nature sets their mind on the things that nature desires. But the one who wants to please the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Do we even think in these terms? Do you and I, as as people, do do we even think about the necessity of not setting our mind just on earthly things, but setting our minds on heavenly things? The Bible says to set your mind. Recently, I heard the Lord say, and I actually, uh, I wrote this down on a little yellow piece of paper, and I stuck it right by my computer, and every day I looked at it, because I I felt like the Lord had spoken this to me, and I set it there, and and it's there every day. I was looking at it until I came to this message, and I said, that's why that was for. And here's what I heard the Lord say. It's not just about not doing what's wrong. It's about saying yes to doing what's right. And sometimes we're so consumed with not doing what's wrong. We're thinking, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, and I don't want to do that. But what are you thinking about? Not doing that. Well, rather than thinking about not doing that, why don't you think about what you should be doing? Why don't you start thinking about what God would have you to do? Why don't you start thinking about how God would have you to behave, how God would have you to speak, how God would have you to think? See, it's not about saying no to what you don't want to do. It's about saying yes to what you know you need to be doing. So how do we set our minds? Number one, by an intentional decision to think about what you're thinking about. By an intentional decision. So today I'm asking you, as your pastor, from this day forward, I can't do anything about what yesterday held, but today I'm asking you to make an intentional decision to start thinking about what you're thinking about. To not just let your mind wander unhindered. Not gonna do that anymore. I'm not just gonna let my mind go wherever it wants to go. I'm not going to be just dwelling on things that I don't need to be dwelling about. I'm choosing to take captive thoughts that are not obedient to Christ by the intentional decision to set our minds on God thoughts. All right? So I'm going to start thinking about what I'm thinking about, and I'm going to intentionally begin to fill my mind with God thoughts. Here's the scripture, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Look at it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is what we're supposed to be thinking about. In other words, practice godly thinking. Practice godly thinking. Practice godly thinking. We need to practice this. It's not about saying no to the wrong thing. It's about saying yes to the right thing. We need to start practicing godly thinking. Now, in my baseball coaching days, my son will tell you that there was a phrase that I used to use in every team that I ever coached, and it simply went like this. Practice does not make perfect Practice makes permanent. Therefore, you better practice perfectly. 
See, what is your mental practice? What do you practice thinking about? Because if you want to live the life God intended you to live, you got to start thinking like God wants you to live. you got to start thinking perfectly the way God would want you to so that you can develop the, the, the habits of thinking God kind of thoughts. My concern is that most Christians haven't even given a thought to this. And so we're just living our lives, letting our minds run wherever they want, and we've never taken the, the discipline to practice godly thinking. And so all we end up doing is getting a harvest of earthly life. Because we're not sowing godly seed into the fertile soil of our minds. This is a whole lot better than you're responding, but I, I know it's good. <clears throat> Sometimes I get that fire hydrant look, you know, people's you know. But it's important for us to start thinking about what we're thinking about. Use the weapons of our warfare. What are the weapons of our warfare? We, we read in 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons that we fight with are not carnal, but they're divine. They're, they're mighty in God. What are those weapons? The word of God and prayer are important weapons as we begin the process of training our minds to think godly. Look, look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So typically, we take up the sword of the Spirit. That's our offensive weapon, right? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. That's our offensive. But the Scripture didn't stop there. It said, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and Pray with all kinds of prayer, with all kinds of supplications. Prayer and supplication. The word and prayer. That's why it's so important that we employ both of them in our offensive attack to train the way we're going to think. How about the power of meditation and memorization? The power of meditation and memorization. Look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He thinks about. That's what meditation, it's just thinking about. What is the word? He, he meditates in the word day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. So who are you listening to? What's your world surrounded with? Negativity? Defeat? Discouragement? The news? Days of our lives? Is that one still going? My stomach churns, that one? What, what's your world filled with? Meditate on the word of God. And he says you'll You'll prosper. How about memorization? Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, some of you have created an argument 
as to why you can't memorize the scriptures. It's an argument, but the Bible says we tear down arguments. God's word says, I've hidden my word in your heart that I might not sin against you. So we need to destroy that argument and realize I can memorize the scriptures. I must memorize the scriptures because by getting the scriptures in my heart, that will give me strength to combat the temptation that is facing my world. Now, sometimes we refer to this process as the renewing of our minds. You've heard this before, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, stop thinking like the world thinks. Hello? That's not our job, is to think like the world thinks. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take every thought captive. Begin to think about what you're thinking about. Set your minds on godly things. Practice godly thinking. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many of you have ever wanted to know what the will of God for your life was? You'll never know it until you are transformed by your, the renewing of your mind. Turn to the person next to you and say, our pastor's really hot today. He's, he's good today. <clears throat> so let me wrap this up, all right? Your mind, your mind is a fertile garden and is intricately connected to your heart. How you think will affect the way you live. So the right mind seeds and you'll begin to reap a better harvest of life and godliness. Begin today. Begin thinking about what you're thinking about. Don't let negative, corrupt, selfish, and sinful thoughts dominate your mind. Focus on practicing godly thinking. Soon your life will begin to turn towards your best life yet. And this is loving God with all your mind. We have to engage our minds. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church, or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.